What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Sauce Lab Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are back, and I'm ready to get into another week of NFL action. This week, I mean, I know that I've been saying some weird titles of some weeks, but I think that this one was just a sucky week altogether. Especially when I was looking for the best game of the week, I was like, damn, this week really sucked. Not a lot of nail biters, a lot of weird upset wins. Which, I know that that's been really the title of the whole season, that everybody's so equal and everybody's so close, but it really sucks to see teams like the Buccaneers losing in games that they really should be winning, and the Browns getting blown out, and different things like that, that just really is upsetting that they're not putting all their talent together in a game where I really think that they should. A lot of the time, the Seahawks game was atrocious, Seahawks, Packers, Russell Wilson's return versus Aaron Rodgers' return, atrocious, just a lot of bad ones. I think we're going to get right into the awards and the superlatives of the week and break down just all the shit that happened this week. I think a lot of stuff is starting to line itself up. This is around the time of the season when playoff picture really gets in everybody's mouths. Everybody starts talking about who they think is going to go far, who they think is going to make the dip. And this week really proved a lot of things to me. It also showed some things that I don't think will continue for the rest of the season, but I think we're going to get right into it with the best game of the week, which I've actually also claimed as the worst game of the week. I just called it the best game because it was the biggest nail-biter, but I think it was one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my entire life, and I got to give that one to the Steelers and Lions. Mason Rudolph versus Jared Goff. Disgusting. That overtime, neither of them looked like they were competent. They kept trying to give the other team a win, and lo and behold, the time expires into a tie. A 16-16 tie, really the only close game of the week. The only other one that I could maybe give it to was Chargers-Vikings, but both of those games feel that that game felt extremely sloppy as well. Uh, TJ Watt was injured. There was injuries on all sides of the field. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger had COVID this week, so he was not able to play. I think going in, a lot of people said this could be Lions' first win, and they really could not get it done. Dan Campbell seemed upset and weirded out over the fact that they tied. I think that both teams are honestly very upset and disappointed at their own performance and thought that they could easily get over the hump. This is one that if the Steelers had won, they would have really asserted themselves as probably the best team in that division, especially the Ravens copping off of their Thursday night loss against the Miami Dolphins. Time to stake your claim as the best team in your division, and instead you're tying the defeated team in the NFL. I know it was without your starting quarterback, but still, ugly game all around, really was down to the last minute. Offensive player of the week, I gotta give this one. These guys came to friggin' play. I had originally written this episode at around 8 p.m. last night, right before the last game of the night. So I had originally written that it was the Cowboys trio because I really needed to give a shout out to Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and CeeDee Lamb. Three guys that really all came to play. All three put up monstrous numbers. CeeDee on very limited receptions had two touchdowns. Zeke had two easy goal line touchdowns. Both of them churned out the yards. Dak was looking like Dak Prescott. They schlopped the Falcons, really putting the Falcons into their place as a non-playoff team and reasserting themselves after their bad loss against the Broncos the week prior. I think that this Cowboys offense is looking nasty, looking like a Super Bowl group, and if they keep playing like this throughout the rest of the season, especially into the postseason, they're really going to have some high hopes and really great things going for them when it comes Super Bowl time. But then, 
Obviously, I finished writing it. I closed it up for the night. And then Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, the guy that you know, I love to be a big old Patrick Mahomes fan. I'm obsessed with what he's able to do on the field. And I kept thinking week in, week out, he's going to go back to Patrick Mahomes. Just wait. He's going to go back. Don't worry. He'll go back. And finally, he proves me right. 400 yards passing and five touchdowns. Just a monstrous game by him. Lit up the already, in my opinion, not so good Raiders secondary, not so good Raiders defense altogether, and their defense really held it together against an offense that I thought it would, the Raiders I thought for sure would put up over 30 if the Chiefs were going to put up over 42, but in result, the Raiders I think only put up 14. I'm not sure if they scored a garbage time touchdown, but really, really great game by the Chiefs altogether, and this is really the start, the first domino falling in them eventually going on their run that I hope that I've been projecting that they will go on, that I really think that when the Chiefs are against all odds with their back against the ropes, they're going to come out fighting harder than they ever have, and we're going to see a brand new Chiefs, which is exactly what we saw this week, so I got to give it to the Cowboys trio and Patrick Mahomes. Defensive player of the week, even though they lost in a very difficult, disgusting loss, I've got to go Devin White, who had 18 total tackles, 13 himself, 5 assisted, and 2 sacks. He was really running all over the field so, so fast, and such a pivotal part of that Buccaneers defense, even though they did not get the win in a game that really should have been a easy-handed win for them, especially the fact that they were the coming off of a loss, I think it was one or two weeks before that, this really needed to be a get-right game where they could have solidified themselves as the one seed in the NFC, but instead they fell to three losses, which the Packers do not have, the Rams do not have, the Cardinals do not have. That's something that only the Buccaneers hold And when talking about those NFC Super Bowl bubble teams. So really disappointing for the Buccaneers as a whole, but Devin White definitely came into play. He deserves that Defensive Player of the Week. Fantasy Player of the Week, I got to go to Ramondre Stevenson. Like the Patriots do, whenever their running backs go down, the next one in line looks like he's an elite franchise-type running back every single time, whether it's J.J. Taylor, Rex Burkhead, James White, Sony Michelle, all throughout the years. This week, now that Damian Harris was out, it was Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, who went 20 attempts for 100 yards and two touchdowns, as well as four receptions for 14 yards. Amazing game from him. Unreal game from Mac Jones, might I add. I know that he didn't win any awards, and I'm not really going to talk about him more. So right now, I'm just going to say that he really looked so poised in the pocket. Only, I think it was three or four incompletions the entire game, carving, completely carving up the Browns secondary, the Browns defense as a whole, that Kendrick Bourne touchdown, put it where nobody else can get it. Hunter Henry is really on the rise like no other recently shooting up the ranks. I think weeks ago, around five, six weeks ago, he was tight end 20-ish, and now he's entered the top five tight end conversation, especially after his touchdown after touchdown after touchdown week. It really seems like the Patriots know what they're doing in that two tight end set, and I think that if they continue to churn out these good games, Janu can get more involved, Hunter Henry will only be more productive, and they really don't need these star-studded wide receivers. It looks like the fact that they didn't make the Odell Beckham trade isn't hurting them that much after all, and they're actually mighty fine without him. Ramondre Stevenson, fantastic game. Hopefully he can continue to show that he is a very productive running back in a system that uses so, so many of them. Biggest injury of the week, I've got a couple, I've got a ton. I mean, every single week there's these ginormous injuries, it seems like. 
This week's in particular went to four different guys. TJ Watt went out in the third quarter of the Steelers game. Really pivotal. Hopefully that, that one hopefully that one does not last a long time. Baker Mayfield going down for the Cleveland Browns. That one's obviously very difficult, and it raises a question, should this be any indication of whether they should pay him or not? I mean, again, he's now down when they need him, when they need him to be the guy to step up. He's going down. I know that that's obviously not his fault, and it wasn't that he wanted to be injured. No shit. But this is the year that he got to show it all. And if he's going to get injured, then they might not even get a chance to fully evaluate him in this time when it's so pivotal that he takes the big step and makes the jump into franchise quarterback from middling quarterback that he's been all season. And now with his injury, it might be hard for them to show and for him to show anything. And the Browns will just look to move off of him as soon as this season's done. Like I said, the big quarterback movement of this offseason is coming. There are three franchise quarterbacks that will be on the market, in my opinion. And when the Browns look at their roster and everything that's around them and say, do we go with Baker Mayfield, a guy that just got injured in such a pivotal part of our season last year, or do we go all in and get Aaron Rodgers, or do we go all in and get Russell Wilson? I really don't know, and I think that that question's only going to continue to get asked as Baker Mayfield sits out and doesn't get playing time, so I really hope that he returns to the field soon. Chase Young of the Washington football team, it seems like he is out for the season, which is just devastating in my opinion. I think he was probably one of the biggest whiffs that I had in my predictions throughout this entire season. He was my runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. I thought that this year, in his second season, he would solidify himself as a top five edge rusher in the NFL. He has not done so, and then now has capped this eh season off with getting a season-ending injury. Very disappointing for him and the Washington football team, who just had a very good win against the Buccaneers. And I think that if Chase Young was still there, they could maybe go on some miraculous run to get that coveted seven seed in the NFC that nobody really knows who it's going to officially be yet. But with Chase Young out, I really don't see them going on that run for the rest of the season. And the last big guy is Aaron Jones. The running back of the Green Bay Packers went down with a torn MCL not, not sure how long that will be out for. Maybe he returns in playoff time. But I think that this means A.J. Dillon to the moon. Obviously, they were they had been splitting carries between the two for weeks and weeks now leading up. You guys know how I felt last offseason when they re-signed Aaron Jones. And I said that it was a pretty bad contract. Even though that they had got him for a solid deal, you don't need to re-sign him when you have a guy like A.J. Dillon there. And I think that these next three to five weeks when Aaron Jones are out, is really going to show that A.J. Dillon is the bruising young power back that they really need in that offense. He's going to get all the or the high, high, high bulk of the touches because now he really doesn't have anybody to split with. I think Aaron Rodgers will continue to be very productive without Aaron Jones. It's not going to really cause them to lose many more games than they would have. I think that the biggest hit that it takes is the fantasy owners. Personally, he is my most owned player in fantasy. I have him in my big money league at home. I have him in multiple other different leagues. It's very upsetting that he has now gone down, especially right when the playoffs are about to start. But we look to the future. AJ Dillon to the moon, in my opinion, after that injury. Those are the four big ones. TJ Watt, Baker Mayfield, Chase Young, and Aaron Jones. Team I'm starting to buy, I've got to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, this offense is a Super Bowl-ready offense. They are looking fantastic in their ability to switch up the plays. Dak looks so, so accurate. He looks like he's probably the best guy just come on, go out there and get me some yards. Dak Prescott's your guy in the NFL. 
I mean, obviously, he has such an amazing array of talent. His O-line is still top three in the league when it's fully healthy, which it is right now. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott obviously takes so much off of the shoulders of Dak Prescott. But with Zeke, it also allows Dak to do so much more in the play-action game. It allowed Dak to have that rushing touchdown because they stacked the box in an attempt to stop Ezekiel Elliott. So many different things like that. It opens up so many play calls, and I think that that... Cowboys offense, even though I don't even love the coach of Mike McCarthy, I still think that this is a team that is ready to go far in the playoffs. If Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, the two young guys on that defense, really continue to take steps up, Micah Parsons, I think, is now a complete lock for defensive rookie of the year, and Trayvon Diggs is probably still a lock for most interceptions in the NFL. So I would like to see that those two guys make unreal strides in the playoffs and make their defense at least comparable with the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Russell Wilson's, the Kyler Murray's in the NFL who would really give them a run for their money. I think that they are fine on the offensive side, especially against those defenses. Maybe the Buccaneers and the Rams are the two that I would obviously be most scared of, but I think that the Cowboys have an arsenal that is able to get it done against any team on any given week. It's just will their defense step up to the occasion when it's time? But I'm definitely starting to buy them coming off of that bad loss last week and their huge win this week. The team that I'm starting to sell has to be the Los Angeles Chargers. Based on what I saw this week, losing to the Minnesota Vikings, who you guys know I am not that high on whatsoever. I just do not know where to go with this team. It really looks like a different Justin Herbert comes to play every single week. This week, it was a middle quarterback. Some weeks, it is a franchise-altering Four touchdown, 350-yard Justin Herbert, and some weeks they just completely fizzle out and he doesn't look like a franchise quarterback whatsoever. I really just think, I think that a big part of it that contributes to their record and not being so dominant in the NFL is their front seven. This is a unit that I was a little bit worried about going into the year. But I thought that Derwin James and Joey Bosa and guy and Uchenna Nuosu and guys like that would really patch it up and allow it to not be so much of a problem. But their defensive line especially just gets run on week in and week out. And it's so hard for the offense, which I do think has the pieces to go crazy week in and week out. It allows them to be put in really bad spots where they're down and they need to take this momentum that they don't have and create it off of Justin Herbert. And I don't think that they're going to be able to sustain that without upgrading pieces of their front seven and allowing them to stop the run and stop the pass a lot more and just get the defense in the same mindset and get them all on the same page so that they can all work together and make the playoffs as that seven seed. As of right now, it really does not look like that's so. In the last three to four weeks, they have really underperformed week in and week out. Mike Williams has one of the biggest drop-offs that I think I've ever seen. I was so excited in the beginning of the season that I thought that I was very right with me projecting his breakout. But as the weeks have gone on, I think that this breakout was completely a facade. This is not a top five wide receiver. This is actually barely a top 20 wide receiver who's looking like that top five receiver when Justin Herbert has the weeks where he looks like a franchise quarterback and he's able to sling the ball so much. I still think that Keenan Allen is clearly the number one target. I still love Austin Eckler so much, and I still do think that Justin Herbert will continue to be a very good quarterback in this league, but they really need to put some better pieces in place right now if they want to make the playoffs at this current moment and they want to be a dynasty going forward with their young pieces. I think that they got to make some changes this offseason stat.
random new hot take. I think the three best rookie wide receivers in Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith all are top two picks in next year's fantasy in a fantasy draft, and they should all be top 10 wide receivers. Might sound a little bit crazy, but the upside that they give and their athleticism and their speed and the things that the NFL are looking for in this new passing league with these young quarterbacks at the helm with Joe Burrow, uh, Tua slash Deshaun Watson, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and Jalen Hurts. I really like all three of them more than guys like DeAndre Hopkins, who's having a very inconsistent year this year, more than guys like Keenan Allen, obviously more than guys like Allen Robinson. I'd go as far as to say above guys like Amari Cooper or Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Guys that really just do not have that solidified role cut out in their offense. And I think all three, Jamar Chase, Waddle, and Smith, all have a very big role already cut out in their offense. They're probably the primary focus of all three of their offenses. So with that being said, with how amazing second-year wide receivers do a lot of the time, I know that there are sophomore slumps, but I really don't predict that for any of the three who didn't come out swinging like crazy. Jamar Chase still has those hands and that long ability that you need in a top wide receiver. Jalen Waddle seems like he's a target and possession god who can really turn into Tyree Kill in the next coming years. And Devonta Smith is currently on his breakout in the last two years being a top five wide receiver in the NFL. And I think that he should project to continue that same reign. And I'm very excited to see what all three do going forward. Now, my storylines to take away this week, I've got five. The number one, the Chiefs rise has officially started. I know that I've been saying it week in and week out. I was waiting for that time that click when the Chiefs really look like, oh, they're back and everybody should be scared. And this week on primetime, under the lights, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey really got it done. They really showed that they are the st still the same Chiefs. And I'm very excited for them to go on this insane run that I have projected for them. Number two, can the Cam Newton-led Panthers go to the playoffs? I know that I haven't even talked about that with you guys. Cam Newton is back, baby. The Superman Cam... Inventor of the dab, man who won MVP with the Carolina Panthers back in 2015, has now returned to the Carolina Panthers after being scorned by the last regime and the last staff group. He's now come back under Matt Rule and is looking like a whole new man. I loved him getting in the camera and saying, I'm back, I'm back, really showing that confidence. He oozes so much love of football and all that drive. I love it so much. I definitely think that he's a better option over P.J. Walker, even though that they had used him primarily in that offense. And he and Cam was more of the Trey Lance, Taysom Hill, only comes in at design run plays type guy. But I think that in the next, by the next, by next week, I would assume Cam Newton would be the starter. He will probably start for the rest of the season just because he has a higher upside than P.J. Walker, and the question really becomes, can the Panthers slip into that seventh seed with Christian McCaffrey now fully healthy, with their defense still being a top five unit in the league, can a guy who's been thrown to the curb for half of this season come out and do it? And I personally think that he can. I know that that might sound crazy. I know that it might be a miraculous run that makes them do it. But we've seen it so many times in the NFL that a new quarterback that we really haven't seen and don't get a lot of time to look at their plays and their playbooks and their play style and things like that. We haven't seen what the new cam is going to look like. Is he going to look more like Patriots cam? Is he going to look like uh, Panthers cam where he's getting 10, 15 rushes a game? Is he going to barely run at all? I have no idea. 
I think that defenses really don't have any idea. And with Christian McCaffrey, the Swiss Army knife in the backfield, going along with that unreal defense, I'm really excited for what the Panthers are able to do. They got an amazing win over arguably the best team in the NFC last week, and I'm ready for them to keep going. They're going to keep rolling, and the Panthers will sneak in at that last spot, in my opinion, for my prediction. Number three, the AFC has never been so wide open. When I look back at years past, it's either been the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Broncos. In order, those three teams have always looked like the guaranteed winner. And now at this time, I cannot say that any of them are there. Two of those three that I just named are already in the bubble. But I think that the Steelers are still in the bubble. The Ravens are in the bubble. The Titans are in the bubble. Like I said, the Patriots are in the bubble, the Chiefs are in the bubble, and then I think that if the Chargers can get something done, maybe start getting something rolling, maybe even the Colts too, any of them can go on a run at any given time. I'm really excited for this AFC. It's never been so wide open, and I love the parody that the NFL has as such a super fan. I love there being new winners. I mean, for as much as I love there being new winners, I would still love Patrick Mahomes to go on that run and go to the Super Bowl, or for the Chiefs, I mean the Patriots or for the Patriots and Bill Belichick to go on their unreal dynastic run, say that the dynasty is not over, and Mac Jones goes on to the Super Bowl. I would love either of those storylines happening, but on the flip side, I would also love a Super Bowl that includes TJ Watt. I would love a Super Bowl that includes Lamar Jackson. I would love one that includes Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. Who the hell knows? The AFC is wide open for the first time that I can really remember where there's no guaranteed winner whatsoever, and I'm here for it. I am here for it. Number four, why do the Titans keep surprising me? I don't know what to say. Every single time I'm low on the Titans, they go out and prove me wrong. Right now, having the best record in the entire NFL, I don't know what else to say, but I guess I'm wrong. I guess that my opinion that they are a a bottom defense is incorrect because Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and Kevin Byard and your super young corners and Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley are really proving me wrong and stepping up to the occasion. Ryan Tannehill, even though he's statistically having probably his worst season since Miami, is still proving me wrong week in and week out. A.J. Brown, one of the most inconsistent guys of the entire season, again, proving me wrong week in, week out. Derrick Henry, a guy that I really was not high on going into the season. I thought that he was bound for some negative regression, which he really did not do during the time that he played. He's now out, and their backups seem to do just as good, getting win, getting a win over the New Orleans Saints, a team that I thought would schlop them. That was my uh, upset prediction of last week. I was really sure that the Titans would get the L, and instead they came out and got that nice win, even though it was very close, and Trevor Simeon still threw for, some, <laughs> for too many yards for Trevor Simeon. The Titans won, and I don't know what else to say, but I must be wrong. They really still utilize the play action to the best of their abilities. They utilize both or three of their tight ends at any given time. They are amazing with play calling. And I really just got to tip my hat to Mike Vrabel, who's really in the race for coach of the year, has consistently shown week in, week out, whatever is thrown his way. He knows how to overcome it. He knows how to be the better coach on the field. And his record clearly proves it. So I don't know what to make of them for the rest of the season. So I'm just going to say, I predict that they're in the playoffs. I predict that they lose personally still, even though I've been wrong about them before and I'll probably be wrong again. And it'll be so hard to root against them with the best record going into the season. But who knows? I just don't really know what to make of the Tennessee Titans right now.
My last headline of the week was, what the hell was the Packers-Seahawks game? Really bad performance from Russell Wilson. Average performance at best by Aaron Rodgers. Both teams did not look like they came to play this week, and I just really hope that the Packers can turn that type of game around. I know that obviously they ended up coming out with the dub, looking a lot stronger in the second half than they did in the first half, but altogether they need to have that cohesive game for them to go on this last dance type run that a lot of people are projecting them to have. It seems very storyline driven that Aaron Rodgers would go on to win the Super Bowl in his last year with the Green Bay Packers. It still feels very written in the stars, but if they're going like this against the Seattle Seahawks defense and giving Jamal Adams an interception when he really doesn't deserve one because he's garbage in coverage like he has been all year, I just don't know where else to go except for the Packers really need to figure shit out on defense, especially if they want to go on this run. Now I'm gonna give you guys my awards for next week like I do. Player to start this week is everybody in the Cowboys Chiefs game. That is gonna be a crazy offensive game. I assume that the over under will be over 60 something and I still think that you should probably hammer it. I love Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, McCole Hardman. I love really every offensive player in that game. I think that both defenses are good, but not great. Actually, I think that the Cowboys are good, not great. Chiefs are pretty bad, but last week they really came to play. So I think that overall, both teams come back to earth a little bit on defense, and on offense, they have a unreal showing. I'm really hoping and praying that the Chiefs win just so that my continued love of Patrick Mahomes is continues on and he actually makes this run that I have been projecting for him. So everybody in that game, player to sit this week, Daniel Jones versus the Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers coming off of a big loss. Giants coming off of their bye. I think that Tom Brady is looking for vengeance. That defense is looking for vengeance. And Daniel Jones, this could be the game that the that the Giants fans really just go. I mean, I know you couldn't see that, but clapping your hands, throwing out the garbage, and you're officially done with Daniel Jones, slash you're done evaluating him at least to the fact that he is our eventual fan- franchise quarterback. I think that this week could be that week for him. Group that will disappoint. Raiders playoff hopes versus the Bengals. I think the Bengals go out and get a W against the Raiders this coming week. And that's really it. Like, I, the Raiders were at five wins. They obviously lost last night to the Kansas City Chiefs, making them still in the playoff conversation. But I think that their playoff hopes are low, low, low. Their skid is starting. So many horrible things happening in their franchise with Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, and I think that ultimately the collapse has officially started and their playoff hopes are shot. And then a group that will shine, I think personally Cam Newton against the Washington football team will go crazy this week. Like I said, in a first start, it's so hard for defenses to game plan against somebody. Washington football team just lost their centerpiece of their entire defense in Chase Young. Coming off of a win, I've said it so many times, teams that had this crazy win that weren't deserving get their asses kicked next week because they're coming off of this high and I think Cam Newton will rush for two touchdowns, throw for two, and have an unfathomably good game this week. 
my locks of the week. Last week, I actually didn't do too well on the locks. One of them was the Buccaneers game, which sadly I got wrong. So right now I'm 23-6, and six, but I've got the Cardinals beating the Seahawks, Buccaneers beating the Giants, and Patriots beating the Falcons. Book all three. Alrighty, now I don't have a second story for you guys. Sadly, this is going to be a shorter episode, but I am going to give you guys my current playoff predictions in both the NFC and the AFC. I might try to continue to do this leading up into the playoffs if I have enough time in my schedule, in my episode, and I don't have an episode that goes on too long. I actually have one for next week that you guys are going to love. It is a what if where I talk about the dominoes that will fall if something else had happened a couple years back, but I'll get to that next week. This week, I'm going to be doing my playoff predictions, so I'm going to start it off with the AFC. I'm just going to give you the top seven seeds, the three that fall right out that are on the cusp in order. I'm not going to give you guys the whole bracket and who's going to win. This is just my seeding for the end of the year. So I've got in the AFC, the number one seed goes to the Buffalo Bills. They get it done, ultimately. The Titans are number two. I know that I've said that I'm not too high on them, but that 8-2 and two record is going to be so hard to skid all the way down from, so I think that they still remain at number two. The Kansas City Chiefs now at number one in their division. All they need to do is be better than the Baltimore Ravens, who just lost against the Miami Dolphins, so I've got the Chiefs at number three. The Ravens at number four, like I just said, still the best team in their division, yet not the clear-cut best team in the AFC anymore, especially after that Thursday night blunder. I didn't like what I saw out of the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. I still do think that Lamar Jackson getting over the hump and winning the Super Bowl is a storyline that could definitely happen, so they could definitely go on a run, but the four seed seems very fitting for them. The five seed, I've got the New England Patriots. Hate to say it, but Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, those guys are going to go nutty for the rest of the season. Patriots end up taking the five seed. The six seed goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger returns from COVID and allows their offense to at least be average enough with their defense still being elite for them to make it into the playoffs at the sixth seed. And then my seventh and final seed that I have making the playoffs, I think the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow end up getting it done after two of the last three of their weeks being very, very ugly. They end up getting over the hump. I think that that Raiders win next week will definitely be pivotal to getting them back into that seventh spot. And then the next three that I have the eight, nine, and 10 seed, I have the Colts, the Browns, and the Chargers in that order going eight nine ten all missing the playoffs sadly now with an expanded playoff pool it's going to be even more disappointing that they all failed to make it the browns especially who have had such high hopes going into this year after being in the final four last year really disappointing to see but i think that that is going to be sign enough to kick baker out of the building and get another quarterback in there who can really get it done the Chargers, like I said, too many blunders. That front seven needs to be upgraded. And then the Colts, even though I really like them, really like what they have built, really young core, I think that they're still a year away. Carson Wentz probably isn't the guy to get them all the way over their hump. They're, he's enough to make them to get them to the playoffs, but a couple bad losses in the beginning of the season is really going to keep them out ultimately at the end. Now I'm looking at the NFC. I've got the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys end up finishing number one. I know that might be crazy, but they have a tied record for number one, and I think they could continue to go on that run. The Packers at number two, uh, even with our Aaron Jones, like I said, I don't think it'll affect wins that much. Aaron Rodgers continues to be Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season, and they get the second seed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady end up as the three seed. And then even though I know that I've said that it's the best division in football, and I still do think it is, the Rams end up coming in fourth. 
still with a better record than probably any team in the AFC, which is so insane to hear that the four seed in the NFC is better than the entire AFC. Actually, the five seed is too. The five seed I have being the Cardinals. The Rams ultimately overtake the Cardinals in their division. They get the higher seed, which I don't think will affect much because they will be playing each other regardless. I think if they end up being the last seed out of the top four, but I have it going Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals. Six, I have the New Orleans Saints. Not sure if that will be under Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, whatever, but that defense is enough that it'll be able to get it done. Sean Payton is really the overarching factor that I think is enough to get them into that six seed. They'll get some wins against teams that they shouldn't, especially in the next couple weeks coming forward, and they will solidify themselves as that six seed. And the seven seed, like I said, Cam Newton, Superman Cam, ends up taking the Panthers to the seven seed, solidifying their themselves in the playoffs as well. The next guy that I have right out of it, I actually have a bet with one of my friends back from home from camp, Pierce. Shout out to Pierce. The Eagles are not making the playoffs, sadly. Even though they're very competitive, definitely overshot my expectations. Definitely Jalen Hurts looks like he can at least get another year in the system. Devonta Smith, like I said, looks like a top two round uh, wide receiver for next year. I'm really loving their roster and loving the tenacity that they have, but I think that Superman... Sean Payton and the MVP conversation, Kyler Murray, are the three guys that will make the wild card, and sadly, the Eagles will be left out. The 49ers, who continue to fall to what they could be week in and week out, like I said, they will end up being the nine seed, and then the Minnesota Vikings, a team that you know that I am not high on, end up being the 10 seed missing it all, even though they came off of their win, they'll still get those close losses in the next coming weeks, ultimately leaving them out of the playoffs. And that is all that I have for you guys this week. So thank you guys so much for watching. Continue to listen. Continue to give next week a listen. We are getting into the thick of things. I think I'm going to give you guys an NBA episode two. I still want to give you guys another rap episode. I'm actually going home next week for Thanksgiving. Get to see my family. Get to take some time away from Syracuse, which I am very excited for. See my brother. See my dog. See the whole fam. I'm very excited. I love you guys. Can't wait to still do the next episode next week. Have a great one. Peace.